please wait. Uh, please wait. Please wait until I get my new car. Please wait until I find my real size. I'm gonna get me some love, love, so bad. Welcome to a special conversation at the sidelines of the 2023 WTO Forum happening here in Geneva. My name is Bernard Avle, and my guest for the next few seasons would be looking at critical issues in trade. We start from an African perspective because my guest is Sylvester Bagoro, who's been working for many, many years, helping the Global South carve out a strategy on key trade issues. Sylvester, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Bernard. So we are here at the WTO for the first time headed by an African, first time headed by a woman, but I'm told for the first time in 60 years, we don't have a well-trade agreement. So very interesting times for multilateralism. What are the key concerns for African countries at this round of the WTO forum ahead of the ministerial event later? Thank you, Bernard. Um, there are a number of concerns for Africa which are emerging from Africa's structure in terms of development. And so if you look at Africa's export basket, mostly they are made up of uh, raw materials that enter most of the markets. And if you look at the import bucket, uh, basket, they are mostly uh, manufactured products. So that has been a concern of Africa. And there are two dimensions. We have the international dimension and we have the domestic dimension. And so there are things that African governments need to do there are also things that the international community within the, the WTO, the World Trade Organization, which is the only multilateral institutional home where trade rules are made. And so I will take the first one, which is about the international dimension. Um, African economies enter the global economy as producer raw materials. And the rules have been made in such a way that once African governments attempt to add value to their products, then they face what they call tariff escalation. They face the issue of what African governments have been talking about, what they call, there's an agreement called trade-related intellectual property rights, that's called the TRIPS. The TRIPS agreement is, is, is not about opening up, it's about tightening technology. And so in the context which we are talking today, which is about green development, we need to make sure development, trade and environment, they talk to each other. So in that context, what African governments need, need now is to make sure that you have green technology that can actually make sure that the production is green and so that we don't emit much more carbon into the atmosphere. And so in the WTO, African governments actually submitted, uh, if you look at the group in Africa, they, they, the group in Africa in Geneva here, they've submitted um, a proposal on how we can correct the imbalances in the WTO. Since 1995, where those imbalances were created, you know, and, and that has been the problem because um, most developing countries, you know, in Africa, most developing country, countries, they need a kind of green technology to be able to, to make sure that the production is green and so you don't have a problem. You can have um, a situation where developed countries are saying, look, we need to green development, but they are not, they are not uh, giving the kind of technology that developing countries need to be able to do that. That's one dimension. So we need to do, the international community, need, we need to do something about that. There's another dimension in Africa where Afghan governments need to put in place the kind of domestic production that we need to do in order to, 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 to make an impact. 
And so there are two dimensions in terms of accessing regional market. We also have the national market. But since we're in the context of the WTO, that's why much more we are talking about the national dimension within. within I'll, I'll speak more to Jane Nalunga on what African governments need to do. But let's stick with WTO. We've seen that there's an attempt to reform the institution. Indeed, earlier today, uh, President Gordon Brown, former British Prime Minister, was talking about the need for a new kind of multilateralism. When you look at the proposals for reform that have been tabled, do they fit into what developing countries in general and African countries in particular need to see for a fairer and more just trade environment? No, when you, when you, what, what you are talking about in terms of the reforming the institution, there are two tensions. We have a route that is taken by the developed countries. We also have a track that is being led by the Africa Group and other developing countries. And I'll give you three examples. First of all, in the name of reform of the WTO, the developed economies are asking that they should do away with special and differential treatment. Look, we are in, the, in a space in which all, not all countries are equal. And so in the wisdom of the architecture of the WTO, this clause was put in place, this article was put in place to make sure that when you bring developed and developing countries, their needs are different. And so there's a need to make sure that you provide space for these developed countries, for developing countries, so that you can actually have access in terms of policy space to develop. In the name of reforms, this is being attacked. And they're asking countries to, 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 to forego this. Secondly, yes, I mentioned about the trips. The TRIPS agreement is actually um, a technology in how you can transfer technology for development. And so in the name of reforms, all these are being, are, are being kicked against. So Africa groups send a, 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 a submission on the need to make sure that um, decisions in the WTO are based on consensus. You know, that the institution is made up of members and it's members driven. You know, it's not about the secretariat driving the, the institution is our members coming together to agree on, on, on issues. And so in the name of the reforms, they are asking that look, others can go ahead and have breakaway groups. And that's how we have a breakaway group on investment, breakaway group on e-commerce and all that. That actually undermines the institution in terms of responding to the challenges that confronting us. We are in, a, in an era where um, both developed and African countries, developing countries need to come together and agree. And if you look at the issues that the Africa group put forward, there are imbalances. These are historical imbalances in, in the system, and they need to be addressed. And so um, addressing the challenges confronting us in the 21st century yeah. means that, one, we need to address those imbalances. It does not mean that adding on new issues without addressing those imbalances that are key to them. And let me add a dimension. The issues that um, the Africa group put forward, they are actually issues for economic transformation. All countries have done that. All countries have done that. You know, you cannot develop by just sending raw materials to, to, to Europe or, or the US. That is not development. But development it, it, is, is, that it, is the WTO the forum to correct these imbalances? I ask because as we speak, G20 met and for a long time, China was no part. India sort of tried to represent the developing world. But multilateralism is under attack. In fact, the World Trade Report today indicates that trade between blocks grew at a very slow rate, although trade within blocks grew. So that suggests to you that there's this balkanization of trade among countries. And even though we have global problems, 
global institutions don't seem to be equipped to solve them. How confident are you that a forum like this or an organization like this will still be relevant in becoming the arbiter of global trade issues? You see, the, the WTO is the only multilateral institution at home where rules about trade are made. The only, in terms of multilateral trade, the only, the only home. And so, the, if you look at how it was set up, it was set up to make, make sure that all countries, you come together and then you make rules that will all obey. Once you, once you do away with, 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 that, with that home, and then we have a lot of breakaways. And so, for instance, the EU, the European Union has come out what's called a, a custom border adjustment mechanism. This is a unilateral measure by the EU that will undermine the exports of African countries and developing countries. It, and it goes against the WTO. It goes against the WTO. So when we are together to incorporate, and let me say that, see, the challenges confronting us today actually need a global response. Other than that, the COVID pandemic was a very good example. During the pandemic, countries that have the capacity to produce, they actually, you know, they were able to, to sail through. Others did not have, and they had to, to rely on others to, to produce. But in the, in the case of the carbon that we are talking about in the, in the context of uh, green trade, green sustainable development, the carbon emissions do not know borders. So, so that, that, that calls for that cooperation between countries so that you can have a, a, a solution that is much more sustainable, that improves livelihood, that gives income to the teeming youth across the continent of, of Africa. You know, so that, that is the, the way to go. Final point. When uh, Ngozi Okonjo Oyala was appointed, a lot of people were happy in Africa. First time you have an African, a woman, heading this institution. We've seen some modest progress on things like, yes, you could say fisheries. There have been some things that she's pushed through. Was our expectation unfounded? Does the person who has the institution have anything to do with what the priorities are or the ship? So, for example, when Kofi Annan headed the UN, a lot of people said he built the UN to fit his mold. Is it the kind of situation we have, but, or is it because the WTO, being a consensus-based, member-based organization, is a bit different in the role the administrative head plays? There are, there are three dimensions that you can look at. The director general can actually, in, in terms of setup, is member, 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 member states driven, and so the agenda is set by the by by the members. But what we have seen to now is that. They have what they call informal meetings. We have called uh, retreats and all that. That what they call deliberative, uh, what you call it, a function and all that. And a lot of meetings are going on. Other countries are not involved. And so it's the work of the secretary to make sure that all countries are involved in the meeting. Some countries are not involved in the meeting, and that's a problem. Now, uh, whether um, the DG from Africa uh, um, um, is helping Africa or not. It depends on the members of, of the WTO. It depends on the members of the WTO. Your capacity to be able to influence things is very important. And so I, I actually commend the Africa Group for putting forward forcefully issues of concern to Africa. And, and if you look at that document, it spells out in a very clear terms what Africa needs to develop, very clear terms. And if the, global, um, uh, the other members respond to the needs of Africa, we have a different situation that, that, uh, that we have to, uh, to, to today, today. So that's what I would say to that question. Thank you, Sylvester Bagoro. We're having conversations on trade at the sidelines of the WTO Forum here in Geneva.